0: Everyone, it's a privilege to stand here and proclaim God's word this morning. It's been my privilege to have spent hours with the Book of First John the last week, week and a half. And I trust that the Lord will will meet with us as we open His word, as He's already met with us as we've prayed and sung and heard His word read. <clears throat> In the year of 1505, in July of the year 1505, a lonely traveler was trudging over a parched road on the outskirts of the Saxon village of Stotternheim. That's in Germany. He was a young man, short but sturdy, and he wore the clothing of a university student. As he approached the village, the sky became overcast, kind of like last night, around, what time was that? 6 or 7 p.m. A bolt of lightning split the gloom and knocked the man to the ground. Struggling to rise, he cried in terror, Saint Anne, help me! I'll become a monk. Those words from the biography about Martin Luther, the man that, whether we know it or not, in a lot of ways, were his spiritual children because he recovered the gospel in the 16th century. But before that, he was having one of his many spiritual crises. He's desperate and like Luther we ourselves are likely to come to points of crisis whether in our own life or the life of someone that the lord brings in our path there's a particular kind of crisis that first john was meant to address that john the apostle was writing to these christians because of a particular crisis and we're going to be equipped because Either we're going to deal with this ourselves or someone that we need to minister to will. Today we're looking at 1 John chapter 1. We're going to start at verse 5. We're going to 2.27. We're not going to read every verse, but we're going to get an overview of that section. And we're going to look at it in four moves or four headings. Where a true believer walks. What a true believer keeps, why a true believer abstains, how a true believer learns. 1 John 1, 5 through two twenty seven. John is going to teach us how we can know and how those that the Lord might bring in our paths can know that we are a true Christian. I'm preaching this morning from 1 John. Understanding 1st John 1 5 through 27 as kind of an introduction or a overview of the rest of the book. That first point where a true believer walks. We start off at verse 5 of 1st John. And honestly, because it's so good, I'm going to start off at verse 1 of the chapter. So we remember the context, even though it's already been read. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, So that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. John, I've got to give you an aside for your sake of uh, understanding the context before we hop into verse five. First, John, he says at the beginning, I'm writing to you so that you may have fellowship with us, the apostles, those who Saw and touched and had fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And our fellowship, he says, is with God the Father and with his Son. And then he relays a message that the apostles themselves heard from the Lord Jesus. In verse 5, he says, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Here John as we look at where a true believer walks, here John is laying a foundation, kind of like this platform I'm preaching from. He's laying a foundation for the walk of the true believer. This is the message he says we've heard from Jesus that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. What does it mean for God to be light? He's talking about a moral light. He's talking about God's holiness. Mm. He's talking about his absolute moral goodness. He's unsurpassed in holiness. He's utterly pure. We've heard this from Jesus. God is light. He's perfectly morally good. And then he says, because this is the case, we have fellowship. Verse 6. If we, have, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So John is teaching these Christians and us, that because God is light, we might say in a, in a, in a different, in a, in a derived sense, in a, in a not exactly the same, but a similar sense. A Christian is light. If God is light, we walk in the light. If we say we have fellowship with this God is the light, but we're walking in darkness, we are liars. Mm. And we don't have the truth in us. Mm. So, Where a true believer walks is in the light. And there's two ways he gives us here that have to do with Christians walking in the light. The first one comes in verse six. It's what I just read. It's righteous living. We're morally upright, not perfect, but being perfected. Number two comes in verse eight. The second way that a Christian shows themselves to be walking in the light is confessing their sins. Mm-hmm. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Wow. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. There, there There's that We lie, we make him a liar. We make him a liar and his word is not in us. So the first way that the Christians show, the true believer shows themselves is by their righteous conduct. Mm -hmm. Remember, they're not perfect, but they're being perfected. And the second way that they show they're walking in the light is because they bring their sins into the light. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. There's a proverb that says, whoever seeks to um, hide their transgression will not prosper. But the one who confesses, brings it into the light and forsakes it, will find mercy. So that's the two ways John gives that Christians walk in the light. Or that we, we know, we're, yeah, that they walk in the light. So to bring it home here on this point. We see how the Chris we, we, we should be comforted if we if we if we're walking with the Holy One. Can we not expect for him to show us the remaining things in us that aren't holy? Sometimes our own knowledge of our sin, which is a good thing, according to John, our knowledge of our sin can, can cause us to doubt that we're a true Christian. We're walking with the holy when we realize, man, but I'm, I still have sin in me. But the, the apostles never say a Christian won't have sin in them still. But they do say that they're walking in the light. They're confessing their sin. They're bringing their sins to the Lord. They're turning from their sins. So this text, can, it comforts us because we can see that if, if, you, if God is showing you your sins, that's a good sign. It's not a bad sign. Second, what a true believer keeps. The economy can go up and it can go down. Your bank account, I know this by experience, can go up, it can go down. It can go in the negative. Worldly people's opinion of you can go up and it can go down. We can be enticed to think of temporary things the way that we ought to be thinking about eternal things. This car, that watch, those shoes, that cash, those views on TikTok, that, that thing, this and that. But the most important thing to settle, isn't it knowing God? Mm. And then from there, knowing that you know him. Isn't that the most important thing that we can desire? The Bible here says in First John 2 verse 3. Skipping down to verse 3, we can know that we know him. Mm. Verse 3 of chapter 2, and by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Mm. Are you keeping God's commandments? Has God given you the new birth? Jesus said that unless a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Like father, like son, like mother, like daughter. A child bears a resemblance to their family relationships a lot of times. And if you've been born by God, you're going to bear a resemblance to him. And John says, you can know that you have come to know him because you keep his commandments. Verse four, whoever says, I know him. But does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. Notice how John here connects God's commandments with God's word. Whoever keeps his word in him or her, the love of God is perfected. It's showing itself. It's happened in your life. So if you're if you are seeking by, from your heart, because you love Jesus and you love God, and you love your neighbor to to perform to 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 keep His commandments, however that looks like it's supposed, however that's supposed to look like in your particular life, John says you can know that you know Him. Mm. I love that that's in the Bible personally because I. I feel like, yeah, here's a vulnerable thing. I, I think I think that I'd be hard-pressed to find another individual who has prayed the prayer, Lord, if I'm not saved, please save me, more than I have. In in, in my past, that was a big weak, weakness of mine. Uh, five, six years ago, I was so anxious about that, and I would go to 1 John. To, I've been told, this is the book you can go to to know that you know him. And eventually I came to this place where I can say with there was an author, I think it was actually Martin Luther who in a prayer book wrote had written something to the extent of Lord for something like forgive me for doubting that I'm your child because in your word you tell me that I am. And I that I came to a place where I'm like God's word teaches me That I'm his child, I am not perfect, but I'm I'm seeking to keep his commandments. Later on it says, you know that you know him because you love the brothers. I love Christians. First John, isn't that beautiful that God has such a care for us that he would include that in his word? Such a delicate topic. That's good. Next, why a true believer abstains. Now, what am I talking about? When I say why a true believer abstains, well, the first thing is that in chapter two, verses 15 through 17, the implication is that the true believer has is overcoming the love of the world. So here we're going to talk about what that why a true believer can abstain from the love of the world. Verse 15 of chapter two. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. So the true Christian is being enabled by God's spirit and his word to overcome the love of the world. John is reminding the Christians that of this command because disciples, we need to be reminded of these things. We need to be told now, brother, do not love the world. And we know that we have the ability within us by the spirit to put to death the deeds of the body and live. Do not love the world before this. What leads into this actually explains how the Christian overcomes the love of the world. He says in verse 12, chapter two, I'm writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. the world with its lusts, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life, the desires of the flesh. And if we've overcome the evil one because the word of God abides in us, because we know the father, our sins have been forgiven. We know him who is from the beginning. We can overcome the world mm. because we've, we've already overcome the prince of the world, the evil one. So, one commentator thinks that in this section I just read about young men and fathers and children, the way that it's ordered actually encourages Christians also because it it ends with talking about young men each time. The last one is, I write to you young men. It's I I write to you little children. I write to you fathers. I write to you young men. It's it's possibly encouraging them. The way to go from being a child to a father is to to persist as a young man eventually when you get that place endure your your basically what I'm trying to say as a commentator pointed out Christian growth is how you overcome the world Mm -hmm. you go from being a child to a young man to a father using the words of the text A, a a little girl A young woman, a woman, by enduring as a Christian, by continuing to grow, you have overcome the evil one, and you grow up in your salvation, and it helps you to overcome the love of the world as we press against that temptation. I don't know about you, but in my life, not necessarily things that in themselves or are good or bad, but I've come to realize that I'm the kind of person that is like can be a yes man. I need to I need to learn how to say no to things, or else my life gets too full and I can't I can't handle it. I don't know if anybody else has been in that place where like, man, I got to cut back, I got to stop doing all the things. If we're gonna overcome the love of the world. We, we should be reminded that it has to come from a heart that desires to overcome the love of the world. Mm-hmm. You might know people who don't appear to be overcoming the love of the world, but they don't desire to overcome the world. Maybe that's because they haven't yet overcome the evil. But if you're in Christ and you're, you're walking in the light, you're growing and you're keeping his commandments as best as you know how, the Bible tells you, you can know that you know him. You have overcome the evil one. You've got the resources to overcome more and more this love of the world. Next, how a true believer learns. We're going to look at chapter 2, 26. And twenty seven, particularly, but I know I'm reading a lot of a lot of uh, passages, but I assume you guys came here because you want to hear God's word. So I'm going to read you starting at verse 18 of chapter two. And we're going to see here the apostles. There's something of his reason for writing that's going to be revealed here. We're going to see something about these people who had left the new covenant church community. They seem to have been denying Jesus. Maybe they're even trying to establish their own quote unquote church. And he needs to he feels the need to assure these Christians of who they are in Christ and that they don't need to follow these guys. They don't need to let them feel like they don't have what he's talking about that they have. So he's dealing pastorally with them because they're 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 struggling emotionally, they're distressed. And he comforts them as a good pastor. Verse 18 of chapter 2. Children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard, that Antichrist is coming. So now, many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us. Remember John said he's writing because he cares about fellowship with Mm -hmm. Christians and with God. They went out from us the Christian community Mm -hmm. the gospel community because they weren't of us. Mm -hmm. If they had been of us they would have continued with us. Mm. But they went out that it might become plain that they all are not of us. Now hear this. But you, mm-hmm. you, have an, you have been anointed by the Holy One. God is light. Mm-hmm. You've been anointed by the Holy One. And you all have knowledge. If, if their they're, if they're mm-hmm. teachers are trying to give you knowledge, and they're saying, you don't have enough knowledge, you need to hear what we have to say. You guys have teachers out here in this community like that. Mm-hmm. I've heard about it, right? I mean, you have you have false gospels in, in, in Arkansas. You have teachers of false gospels who might say, you don't have the kind of knowledge that we have. You don't have life like we have it. They might even be offering you some kind of secret knowledge, something that goes beyond scripture. But John says, you don't need their teaching. You have been anointed by the Holy One, and you have all Knowledge. You all have knowledge. I write to you, not because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it. And because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? (coughs) Evidently, these false teachers were denying Jesus, the Christ. This is the Antichrist. He who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. So these people were off, presumably morally. But here he's talking about their doctrine. And here's the remedy. Whenever we come across uh, a a kind of temptation, someone saying, you need to come to our group. And again, it's not talking about, go like, Someone that moves or says, I want to go to this other gospel church. He's not talking about if they leave your church, they're not Christian. That's that's not what he's talking about. He's saying they, they left the faith. They left the gospel. They deny the son and they don't have the father. And he here's the remedy. Here's what he says to them. He tells them, just keep going with what you've already got. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. You don't need something new. You've already got it. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. Mm. And this is the promise that He made to us eternal life. If you're in Christ this morning, you can know that you know Him. You're walking in the light. You're not perfect, but you're being perfected. You're overcoming the love of the world. Because you have God's Holy Spirit. He's showing you what remains in you so you can bring it to the light. What remains in you, what, what darkness remains in you. And you don't, whenever, if somebody comes to you and says, that gospel stuff, that Jesus stuff, we've got something better than that. The answer is, stay where you are with the Lord. Let what you heard from, from the beginning abide in you. This is the promise. We have eternal life. Who the the uh, the follower, the disciple of Jesus, when I think it, yeah, Peter, when the when the Lord is saying, Do you want to go away also? It's Peter, right? I'm not mistaken. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Stay where we are. And then verse 26. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. But the anointing that you received from him abides in you. And you have no need that someone, that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you abide in him so I titled this part of the sermon how a true believer learns the true believer has received an anointing from God which teaches them did you see that as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie just as it has taught you stay where you are abide in him the anointing of God teaches us and enables us to resist false teaching and false teachers, every deception. It allows us, the, 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 the Holy Spirit, the anointing we've received, teaches us to abide in Jesus. Amen. To say what that, that the prayer or the words of the, the, the disciple to Jesus, Lord, they're they're telling me to come join their their thing but why would I need to go to them because you have the words of eternal life remember John had fellowship in mind when he wrote first John we read it first John 1 1 through 4 I write these things to you that you may have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the father and with his son Jesus Christ pastorally John is concerned about fellowship he's concerned about these Christians who are being tempted to think that the new covenant and the gospel that they have received isn't all that it's made out to be they're being tempted they're being they're 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 needing that reassurance that you have everything that you need in Jesus you are his disciples you are walking in the light. Remember Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. These, these people who left the new covenant community may have been saying something like, you guys need our light. We have what, the light that you need. You just can't see it yet. And he assures them, his anointing is yours. So we've seen where a true believer walks, what a true believer keeps, the true believer walks in the light. The true believer keeps his commandments. As we examine ourselves, we can know that we know him because we keep his commandments. Why a true believer abstains? The true believer is unable to abstain from the love of the world. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. We can study more on that and learn more about the ways of our enemies so we can resist them. And the true believer, how the true believer learns he or she has an anointing from the Holy One and doesn't need any deceiver to teach them because they have the Holy Spirit teaching them. Now does that mean that Christians don't need teachers. Does not mean that if that were the case? Y'all should just get up and get out of here, right? He's not talking about, you don't need teachers. You don't need books or a preacher should read commentaries. But he's saying in that context, you don't need their teaching because you have everything you need in the Holy Spirit, your teacher. So when the waves of deception, of false teaching, or or of feeling like, man, I, I, I keep on struggling in this sin area. When those waves are crashing on your life, and you need reassurance, look at First John. Try, take God at his word. If, if you're abiding in Jesus, if you're uh, uh, keeping his commandments you have eternal life. When, when, when temptation comes to leave the gospel, when you meet that person on the street that in name says they're a Christian, but then as you dig deeper, you realize, man, something in their doctrine or something in their life is off. First John has prepared you for that. Maybe you can share first John with that person. Hmm. But it strengthens you to realize you ha- you don't need to go with them because you have Jesus. So when false teaching tempts you about your truth, when darkness tempts you about your light, remember you're on the right side in Jesus Christ. We can know that we know him for walking in the light Keeping His commandments, isn't that a good thing to go to bed tonight with in your mind? Yes, it is. <laughs> I know Amen. Jesus and His and God the Father through the Holy Spirit. Amen. To whom shall I go? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Your Word.